BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We roll through the Thursday edition of the program. Uh, We've been talking about Alex Murdoch, who is testifying in his own defense as we speak in South Carolina in a case that has captivated the attention of many. That is a small town, uh, relatively, relatively in the global scheme of things, small story. I would argue the biggest story that is going on right now from a geopolitical perspective is this question of what is going to happen in China, in particular Is there going to be an attempt to invade Taiwan? And what do we make of China's newfound relationship with Russia and how it might implicate things? There is a report out there that we are going to quadruple our military spending on behalf of Taiwan at the same time that we are spending billions of dollars on behalf of Ukraine. What does this all mean? We're joined now by Steve Yates, senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute host of the China Desk podcast. You can find Steve at AmericaFirstPolicy.com and his podcast is at TheFederalNewsWire.com. Steve, I'm sure you saw the story, and we talked about it on this program, about the American general who said, I believe by 2025, he believed that, that China would invade Taiwan and we would have to make a decision about what exactly we're going to do in the event that occurs. Do you believe that's going to happen? What do you make of our increased expenditures on military um, material for Taiwan? And where are we in that relationship, in that context of Taiwan and China in your mind right now? Well, thank you, Clay. Uh, Well, this is a a challenge that has vexed us for a long time. Uh, We do now have uh, an increased number of military officials at a senior level speaking out publicly about it. They used to fret about it internally. uh, And our intelligence services and our diplomats always seem to underestimate the timeline on which China was prepared to act against us or against Taiwan. 
Uh, now it seems like the conventional wisdom has crept up into being at potentially real time. And uh, we are behind the curve on making sure we've enhanced deterrence in the Asia Pacific. Uh, we've allowed a lot of material to be reallocated to the Middle East for a long time for different kinds of missions. Uh, the Ukraine conflict has drained a lot of material. One can argue whether that's good or bad, but it can't argue away the impact it has on what's available for other contingencies. And of course, President Biden, is, I think, has been on a trail of provocative weakness. Uh, and that, I think, is a very unsettling message to an aggressive provocateur like Xi Jinping of China, the latest episode being the balloon transiting in the weak response. So not a happy picture, but at least when we're talking about armaments going to Taiwan, they pay for them, unlike a lot of other countries where we give them away. Uh, but we're behind the curve in allowing them to acquire what they really need to deter China and defend themselves with, with or without our intervention. Hey, Steve, it's Buck. Let, let's drill in on that point for a second. What does Taiwan really need in order to raise the raise the cost of a Chinese invasion enough to deter it? And and what can we do or, or should we do uh, to fill that gap? Well, first, they need the ability to inflict pain on China itself in a meaningful way. I mean, uh, Buck, you know, as well as anyone, I mean, deterrence to exist someone has to have a credible belief that they're going to lose something that matters to them. So whether that's their power grid potentially going down, a massive cyber attack, missiles that could hit key locations reliably on the mainland, having the most advanced fighter jets instead of selling the decades-old uh, material with less than cutting-edge uh, systems, uh, all of these things were under this rubric of strategic ambiguity and avoiding offensive air-quoted capabilities. Uh, so we have put Taiwan somewhat in this straitjacket for a generation, and we need to get out of that if we don't want to be is the first sharp end of the spear intervening on their behalf. What do you make of this potential relationship between China, Russia, and Iran. It, it seems that the invasion of Ukraine has brought all three of them together. Is this just a function of they recognize that they're all outside the scope of American friendship, for lack of a better way to describe it, and so they've brought together as a result? Do you buy into any sort of danger of this unholy triumvirate? Are they a legitimate threat? Are they trying to create a counterbalance to American power around the world. What happens with that trio and their relationship? Well, it's a similar dilemma we always have. If we have reliable and good leadership in the United States, this is much less of a challenge. Most of the world, even the fence-sitters, will want to hedge their bets and lean more in our direction. But under the current circumstances where the United States doesn't seem to be meeting with leadership or success, in several different parts of the world, this condominium at best is a do-no-gooder condominium to avoid sanctions and to proliferate dangerous technologies and impose penalties and other kinds of pain on those who seek freedom or to go about their business, etc. Uh, but at the worst, it is a condominium in which the United States loses the ability to try to put discipline short of war to shape other other countries' behavior. And so I, I think it's troubling. Uh, I wouldn't say we're at a clear cold war of the free world versus this uh, Beijing, Moscow, Tehran 
uh, silo, but it's going in that direction and we're not doing a lot of good to show that we've got the will and capability to lure the others on to say, bet on us, not on them. Speaking of Steve Yates, he is the host of the China Desk podcast and a senior fellow at America First Policy Institute. Uh, Steve, how would you assess Chinese regime stability right now? You know, we've really thought about China internally for the most part last couple of years just because of the COVID madness. I mean, they went even beyond what we did here in the West or even what they did in, say, Australia and New Zealand. Um, but is, is she worried about internal threats? Is he concerned about the economy imploding? What's the status inside of China? Cause obviously that can play a big role in the decision making vis a vis Taiwan. Absolutely, Buck. They do face a lot of challenges internally, uh, economic, demographic. Uh, they, their, their radical COVID policies had a massive impact. Uh, plus, this wolf warrior mentality they've taken out into the world is pretty different from the charm offensive they tried in decades past. So there's a lot of reasons for a rational leader in, in China to be concerned about riding through this turbulent period. However, Xi Jinping is, in my estimation, the most ruthless leader of the People's Republic of China to date. He has complete control of the security state. And if we are unnerved by what our security state can do to American citizens, imagine that a thousand times more developed with no civil liberties whatsoever. And that's what Xi Jinping sits on top of. So in short, he's not scared of being toppled, whether he's right or wrong, but he is not presiding over a stable and prosperous period in China relative to his predecessors. I'm sure you've seen some of the war games that they have run on what happens if China tries to invade Taiwan, how the United States will respond, what is likely to happen. We know we spent $100 billion plus, and that bill is ongoing. It's a money pit in Ukraine. What do you think Joe Biden would do if he got a call in the middle of the night, China has begun the invasion of Taiwan? Well, it's a terrifying scenario to me, to be honest, because on the one hand, Joe Biden, the individual, tends to say what traditional American presidents and uh, congressional leaders have said for a generation, that if Taiwan was attacked, we would honor our commitment to defend Taiwan. Uh, President Biden has said that three or four times. So the first part that scares me is that when every time he does so, someone from the White House anonymously corrects him on the record, which just makes it very murky for any American, uh, much less our allies and the people of Taiwan, have any confidence they know what would happen. And in China, they could overestimate their ability to inflict pain without there being a broader conflict with us, with Japan and others. I think that is just a dangerous web of miscalculation. But what should be done is arming them to the teeth if to the extent they want to pay for it and use it, uh, enhance deterrent independent capabilities of Japan and others so that it's a complicated situation for China and make clear that they pay a dear price, not just with a military attack, but you'd have an end of the economic relationship. There would be significant comprehensive attacks to undermine them. Uh, and that's just a step further than any president's been willing to talk or prepare since the Nixon-Kissinger bargain. What is the Biden administration doing right and what is it doing wrong with regard to U.S.-China policy now that we're two years in? Well, I think one of the things that seems to be inching in the right direction is they do seem to be 
amping up the the supply chain of capabilities and training and interoperability with Taiwan. Uh, there are senior Taiwan officials that have been in D.C. for high-level consultations. Those used to be completely clandestine. Now that is in the media and it's not denied. We also have some senior American officials, well, senior with air quotes. It's sort of the mid-levels of appointees from the Pentagon and other places in Taiwan to talk about these scenarios. And so at least they, they're, they're inching in the right direction on that front. And we've heard a lot less from climate czar John Kerry about that being the number one issue that has to be addressed in U.S.-China relations. Uh, but it's to be determined who's actually calling the shots in this and where it's all going. So time frame wise, this my big picture question here is there's this idea that China has been a, has been on ascent. But actually, if you look behind the numbers, we now know their population has begun to decline. Uh, we now know that their economy is not growing as fast as they had wanted. And certainly, as Buck laid out, the covid zero collapse has certainly undercut Chinese legitimacy as well. Does China's beginning to decline in power actually make things more dangerous as it pertains to Taiwan? Because a decade from now, they may not have the ability to try and invade Taiwan. In other words, could they invade out of weakness as opposed to strength? Well, the scenario you outlined just now, Clay, is the one that I would buy with the biggest bet, because I do think a declining, uh, weakened China or a troubled China has a natural appeal to nationalism to hold people together and to distract. There is, if they allow another decade, time for Taiwan, Japan, the United States and others to catch up technologically and materially. Uh, for us to get meaningful biting sanctions or other actions. And so there is this, I think, danger of vulnerability between now and, say, 2025 that is uh, very, very troubling. Uh, we'll go through the exercise of a presidential election. You'd think no American would want to show any weakness through that, but they might see that as just a moment of chaos and distraction here to push before we get our act together after that season. Steve Yates, go check out the China Desk podcast. He's at the America First Policy Institute. Steve, always great to have you on. Thanks so much, Buck. Take good care. 2,977 people lost their lives on 9-11, but that day is still taking lives. People are still suffering and dying from 9-11-related illnesses. There's a whole generation of Americans who know little to nothing about 9-11. Only two states in our nation mandate K-12 learning about it. That's why the Tell the Towers 9-11 Institute is giving educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12 through grades. Full curriculum units built around first-person accounts with scripted social studies lessons, activities, and background for teachers. They've also created a mobile exhibit, a high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that turns into an 1,100-square-foot interactive museum with 9-11 artifacts. This organization does so much to make sure that we remember. To never forget, we must educate future generations. Help Talent the Towers educate our future, our children. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. It's a very clear indicator of the political salience and, and let's be honest, the, the political win that Donald Trump has just uh, has just achieved by doing the right thing and going to see the people of East Palestine because it is upsetting liberals. The, the libs are upset about this somehow, um, and they're running to give the Biden administration, Joe Biden, very quick to run over to high-five Zelensky for, a, for accepting another, whatever it will be, $100 billion of U.S. military and taxpayer support uh, over the next year. But here's what Joy Behar over at The View has to say to the people of East Palestine who are wondering if their lungs have been uh, forever damaged, if their drinking water is forever polluted. Here's what she has to say. Play it. By the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump, who reduces all safety. He yeah, did. They need to look past the photo ops, these people, and but, say, who's doing the job here? Forget about the photo op. I think this is Donald Trump's fault. This is Donald Trump's fault, one of them says. You need to look at who you voted for. The other one says, Joe Biden has been president for over two years. I mean, the, the, first of all, their premise is just, it, it is dumb beyond comprehension. But beyond that, look, I, I know it's the view, Clay, right? So like, should we even, uh, but their contempt of everyday people, if they voted for Trump, they despise Trump voters, not just yes. Trump, Trump voters. And that's what everyone needs to be, needs to be reminded of. Well, remember where we've gone here, too. Initially, it was, this is a whole made-up story. Nothing is big deal in East Palestine. This is a right-wing, made-up story. 
And now they have pivoted as they are recognizing that, oh, wait, this was a significant ecological issue. There are tons of issues uh, associated with water and pollution and uh, the, the ability of people to live their normal lives in this community. And so fairly rapidly, they have pivoted from this is an exaggerated story that isn't worthy of our attention. Remember, this has been three weeks now to, oh, Donald Trump is responsible for all of this. And I think it's symptomatic of what you said, Buck, which is 2024 is going to be decided in the Midwest. Whether people in New York and L.A. like it or not, what happens in Wisconsin What happens in Pennsylvania, what happens in Michigan, that's probably going to decide the election. Now, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, New Hampshire, you know, we can sprinkle in a few other parts of the country that may have contested in serious races. But by and large, this election is going to be decided in the Midwest. You tell me what happens in those three states. I'll tell you who the president's going to be in 2024. So the idea that the Biden administration was caught flat footed here, and I would circle back around to what we were talking about earlier, Buck. How many people out there listening to us right now who care about the direction of the country, who pay attention to politics, can even name a Department of of, uh, Secretary of Transportation for, what, the last 20 years? How many of them can you name? I can name Elaine Chow. I think, was she Labor or Secretary of Transportation? Transportation. I I think. I mean, I'm not sure that I'm not 100%. not this were Jeopardy, I wouldn't be buzzing in. I'm not sure. (laughs) So... You and I are pretty plugged in. We pay a lot of attention. If we can't name them, and yet we all know Mayor Pete because he's done such an awful job, that's a bad sign. If you own a small business, you know the value of time, and GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started, and in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. They may be able to help your business, too. There's no charge up front. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many people believe they won't qualify, but they're relying on incomplete or outdated information. Don't let this pass you by. Go to GetRefunds.com. Again, that's GetRefunds.com. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I got a thesis for you. Every now and then I like to trot out thesis ideas. You guys can contemplate them. You can reject them. You can agree. You can modify. Thesis. The The single most important job of adulthood to a large extent, is assessing risk. That is, figuring out how to live your life knowing that there is danger involved. And certainly this is a huge part of being a parent, I believe, which ties in with adulthood. Knowing what is out there that is a danger to you and your family, yet being able to go on about your life despite understanding those dangers. And to me... COVID has been a litmus test on this. Whether or not you were able to consider your own age and health factors and analyze your risk for COVID as a result on an individual basis and your larger family's results and everything else was, to me, a test of whether you could assess risk accurately or not. And Democrats failed it overwhelmingly. I was listening. I think we played a clip 
from Bill Maher pointing out that like 50% of Democrats believed that if they got COVID, they would go to the hospital. Yes. They didn't understand that you're probably going to get COVID and odds are you're probably going to be fine and get over it like you tend to get over a cold or you tend to get over the flu. Well, Axios has a poll up and the, he- the, the, the headline is what Americans say is the current greatest threat to U.S. public health. Okay, what is the greatest threat to you and public health? And it gives you a lot of different topics that you can choose. And, Buck, they divided it between Republicans and Democrats. And I read this, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Republicans, 37% of them, said that opioids and fentanyl, I'm going to eventually learn how to pronounce it, fentanyl were the biggest risk to uh, public health in the United States. It's a decent answer, right, Buck? Because you could theoretically be 100% healthy, you use the wrong type of fentanyl, and the next thing you know, you're dead. I mean, that that is a very real fear. I mean, you look at the number of people aged 20 to 50 who are dying, and, and then you look at exp- life expectancy lost as a result of that, and to think that fentanyl is a public health scourge on a scale, you know, in terms of uh, substance abuse beyond anything we've seen is is apparent and, and is very real. Okay, so that Democrat, uh, number two for Democrats, by uh, for Republicans, by the way, obesity. I mean, again, public health. If you are overweight, it is recognizable that you would have mm-hmm. worse health outcomes. Well, well o- obesity is, I think, you would argue correct you could argue correctly that on just a statistical basis because if you put under obesity the umbrella of things that are associated with obesity heart disease hypertension type 2 diabetes inflammation by the way of all kinds of internal inflammation uh some people will will link a whole range of diseases but most notably heart disease the biggest killer of americans day to day and obesity go hand in hand. So that's a very reasonable uh, answer from people. So 63%, if my math is right, uh, of people basically are saying, 62%, hey, these are the things that we're most afraid of for Republicans. Democrats, number one, and there isn't a close second, number one biggest threat to public health, according to Democrats, gun or firearm access. And 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 I think this is su- I mean such a window and and by the way cancer is 9%. Cancer is 9% on this issue. I believe cancer kills around 600,000 people a year buck. So and firearm most people who die of firearms unfortunately over half is suicide. Um and so this idea I think feeds into we hear all the time about republicans believe things that aren't true i actually think democrats believe way more things that aren't true because of their infatuation with the media than republicans do well well this is this is a a very clear example and you you started off talking about with covid they use um they use exaggerated fear and and anxiety as a political tool around certain issues. So they have convinced people, for example, that l- lawful gun owners are somehow a threat to them. Yes. When you look at the data, concealed carry permit holders, and I think we're about to get 
uh, constitutional carry down here, for example, in the state of Florida. Concealed carry permit holders, though, are not only more law-abiding than the general population, they are more law-abiding per capita than law enforcement, okay? Which is a pretty crazy statistic, but it's one that is, is often cited. Um, and, and when you look at the way that people are, are afraid of lawful gun owners, that's completely a creation of the media for political purposes. The overwhelming majority of crimes, of violent crimes that are committed are by people who are not supposed to have a gun in the first place or commit crimes whether in the carrying of or the transport of that firearm, the straw purchase, a whole range of issues. But really what this is, is all an effort to create mass paranoia around lawful gun ownership so that they can push for confiscation, so they can push for what they call law-abiding or, or a common-sense gun re- regulation. Clay, more people, I mean, you cited the statistic about uh, suicide via gun, which more people die via suicide than, than actually murder, I believe, year in and year out with, with firearms. Yeah. 30,000 people a year, according to the CDC, die of falling. Now, generally, that's older people, but more people die from a standard fall down the stairs, uh, off a roof, whatever the case may be, if they're doing roofing, um, than die from guns every year. But do you think that if I told the average you know, lib walking around a, a major U.S. city that you are statistically in more danger of dying from a, from a fall than from a gun, they would think that I'm crazy? Yes, no, they would. And I think it becomes such a huge part of how we see the world. And it was a window, COVID was, into really Democrats and all their allies not being able to successfully analyze risk and live your life despite the fact that there is risk. Right, Every single day that you walk outside – Bad things can happen. 40,000 people a year, Buck, on average, roughly, die in car accidents. Yet almost every single person that will listen to us today, unless you live in a big city like New York and just don't even own a car, will at some point during the course of today get behind the wheel and go somewhere. Almost every single person listening to us. And that is because we have to understand that there comes a level of risk associated with life. And when I saw this list, the we don't talk enough about how many untrue things Democrats believe. One of the biggest is that police are killing thousands of minorities every year, right? I mean, this is a hard and fast belief, by and large, of Democrats. If you quiz them, how many unarmed black men are being killed by police every year? They think the answer is thousands. It's literally seven or eight. And unarmed does not mean without risk, right? If you're choking someone to death, you're unarmed. If you are reaching for somebody's firearm, you are technically at that point unarmed. But they don't have an ability to understand where the risk factors actually are. And for guns and access to firearms to be the number one fear of Democrats, I think is such an intriguing window into the world that they live in. It's but it's it's intentional. This is you know the, the media that pushes this stuff and makes people think these uh, you know the, the, these exaggerated sense of, of fear they have, for example, from from gun gun violence, um, is meant to bring about a political outcome, which is the only way to make us safe from the dramatically elevated fear we have of of general gun violence is to 
making me clay. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm picking up an NAR15. I meant to do it yesterday. I'm actually going to do it in a few days. I have to wait five. I had to wait five days to pick up my gun. Well, what is that? Right. What is that all about? Like, in, in what world is that making? It just annoys me. I have to go in, fill out my little form for you know the uh, for the FBI background check. I have to go in and do this little little dance, and then wait five days. It's just How meant to antagonize people though, that believe in the Second Amendment. How about the difference between your experience in New York City and Miami, though? I mean, you couldn't even have a gun in New York City, basically. Oh, like, it's almost say. impossible, right? Yeah, it's it's completely... They make it so that it is as onerous, expensive, and it actually is even worse than just the expense and the time in a place like New, in New York City, specifically. New York State is a little bit better, but New York City, the laws are so... This has gone to the Supreme Court, so this isn't my perception. This is reality. The laws are so vague about lawful gun possession that you don't know if you are breaking the law and perhaps committing an accidental felony and they can't even tell you whether you are or not in New York City because they haven't figured it out because they want you to not know because they just don't want you to have a gun. It's virtually impossible. It is kind of fascinating just to consider that, um, despite the fact that New York is having skyrocketing rates of crime. Uh, can you believe it's been nearly 20 years since Mike Lindell invented his original My Pillow? Since then, they've invented so many other great products for our homes, Giza Dream Sheets, My Slippers, Mattress Covers, you name it. 20 years later, they've used new technology to refine their original pillow and make it better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original My Pillow, but now, with brand new exclusive fabric made with temperature regulating thread. Great introductory deal on the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free for a limited time with our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. MyPillow 2.0 made with temperature regulating technology, 100% made here in the good old USA. The pillow comes with a 10 year warranty, 60 day money back guarantee. You can go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get this buy one, get one free offer on the MyPillow 2.0. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. 
Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. You know, we have not updated you in a little while here. On the curious case, uh, the, the unusual news story of the former Biden administration Deputy Assistant Secretary uh, Sam Brinton, who is a self-described non-binary, non-gender conforming individual who was fired. Can we just ex- I feel like we need to explain what that is every time we describe it. So this is a man who just wears clothes and makeup and everything else, and he could dress like a dude one day woman the next day he's refusing to choose a gender basically correct right? he's not transgender right he is effectively in between or rather gender switching i be- i believe not that i have i just deep expertise if, we, if on you and i in our 40s are confused by all this terminology i can't even imagine what the grandmas and right. grandpas who hear this language are just like what in the world does this even mean so cisgender we know is male female so that's that's non-binary is not fitting into cisgender category of male female. Sam Brinton, as a non-binary person, self-described, would wear women's clothes and, and makeup and things like that. Um, and, and we know that Sam Brinton is no longer with the Biden administration because he on. Um, he, you know, by the, I, I don't know all I'm being serious and sometimes it sounds like I'm trying to, does that mean if you're, if you're non-binary, are you inherently a they now? Is that how we're supposed know. to, I don't know. I, I feel like that's what, that's what they claim. And the problem that I always have with that beyond the, the, the most obvious is, is that they is for plural. It's for multiple yes. people. This is confusing and, uh, and, and makes no sense. Okay. But. Sam Brinton fired for multiple instances. You know, I, I just came back from a, a long trip. If somebody stole my bag, I would be very, very angry, right? Yeah. Because especially if you're traveling, yeah, now, now you got nothing. And it's one thing when your bag is delayed. Maybe they, the airport gets it to you a day late or something. Your bag is stolen. You're, you, you know, you're on your own, right? I mean, there's you, good, good luck trying to figure out. 
But Sam Brinkett, it turns out, this is up on Fox News, he stole the clothing of a female Tanza- uh, Tanzanian um, fashion designer. And she has said, her, her name is Isia Kampson. She has said that she has designed and handmade her own clothing line for years and has seen photos of Sam Brinton after her luggage was stolen wearing proudly her specially designed clothing out and about and taking photos of, of himself or they self or whatever. Um, and, and yeah, so this, I wonder, do we think that he figured out who's, you know, that's quite a, to, to be a, to be an individual who wants to steal and wear women's clothing, which he did this multiple times. So we know this was a fixation. And this is somebody who the Biden administration was touting as look at how diverse and inclusive we are. We have a, we have a, a, they in charge of nuclear waste disposal, right? That was the whole thing. For him to have just happened to get a, a fashion designer, a female fashion designer who wears very bright clothing, it feels like, do, do you think that he kind of, you know, Profile. targeted, targeted <laughs> yeah. her for, he's like, well, she's got, she's got very interesting taste. Can we just talk about how crazy all this is? I, I know there are so many people out there who are just, can we just be normal? Like, the dude would dress up in women's clothing and appears to have had an infatuation with stealing random luggage all the time. I mean, it appears that this is a compulsion that was taking place everywhere. I don't know if it was random, though, Clay. I think this is the new wrinkle in the story. I feel like maybe he's well, he's like, that lady really knows how to how to pull together an outfit. But here's the deal. First of all, I hate checking bags. We're going to Italy. I've never been to Italy. I can't wait. The whole family's going. We're not checking a single bag. Wow, look at you. Because, and my, to my wife's credit, she's the same way. The fear is you lose a bag if you're going on a week-long trip. It doesn't make it to where you're going. It's infuriating. I'd rather show up, as long as I have a passport or a wallet and a cell phone, I'll go buy like a, a $50 outfit somewhere and just wear Like You can always find clothes, right? As long as you have a wallet, as long as you got a uh, you know an ability to, to, to walk into a store. But I have no idea. when On the rare occasion when we have to check a bag, like 90% of bags look the same, right? You have to put like a, a bow tie on your bag. All of them are like black or brown, it feels like. I made our uh, most recent purchase. Uh, my wife, I said, let's just get lime green luggage. No one else will, will never get confused as to whether this is ours or not. Like a big lime green luggage tank. So to your point, I don't know that you could even target luggage very easily because it all looks so similar, right? Does that make sense? Like it's all like black and brown. I think this was just a compulsion and sometimes he got lucky. N- not got a few. Cool not a few were doing like a stakeout and seeing who turned in their luggage and then tried to grab it first. 
Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.